Now, your host, Jody Birkin. All right, here we are at Man Up Monday. Another week gone by. Uh, I don't know about you, Ben, but I've been waiting for this day for six days. Like, literally just trying to get here and uh, almost wishing we'd have done a podcast Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So Yeah, it's uh, excruciating <laughs> waiting to get back on and do it again, so... Yeah, we, uh, we, uh, we, we got to work our way. We yes, we did. work our way there. Yeah, and it was good. It was a good week. Uh, we were watching the uh, trending that was happening with the podcast, and, man, it just kept going up and up and up, and we finally hit number one uh, trending Christian broadcast or podcast, yeah. and um, we hit number 10 uh, for all podcast or for all Christian podcasts, you know, as far as the rankings go, but it trended number one for quite a long time, and then... Uh, we're still working our way up to the overall podcast. I'm hoping we'll we'll get that going. But it's been good, man. I got a lot of great comments from last week and a lot of great, um, you know, just uh, people listening to it, even ladies. Like, it was really cool just to hear a lot of the ladies start talking about, you know, hey, I listened to your podcast and uh, sent it to my husband. You could just see some stuff going on uh, on Facebook, you know, just people uh, especially people that I know that listen to it, so it was really good. Yeah, absolutely. I got a couple people. It's like it was so hard for me not to give Ben crap all through the <laughs> podcast. And, you know, exactly, so. exactly. Well, tonight, uh, man, we got a, a an awesome show for you. I, I can't wait to uh, get my buddy up here, Tate Jordan. T- Tate, say hi to everybody. How y'all doing? Doing good, man. Uh, I'm glad you're here. Uh, Tate is uh, out of Seattle, Washington. And uh, just outside of Seattle, Washington, I'll let him tell his story in a little bit. But he and I are uh, partnering in this Man Up God's Way uh, ministry, and uh, we got some great stuff happening. And tonight, we're just going to have him uh, to the best of our ability. We've got him uh, on the screen through Zoom and on the phone in our podcast. And so it's kind of, uh, we got all kinds of technology working here, and we'll get to Tate uh, in just a moment, but um, want to again just say thank you for everybody for downloading the podcast. We had we had almost four thousand downloads of last week's podcast, so good uh, it's good stuff. So we're we're hoping to push the envelope here um, in the next few days. And as always, in the back, we've got Samuel Fragosa. Sam, how you doing? Samuel, I should say, how you doing, buddy? What it do? What it do? What it do? Man, uh, and then uh, Rusty, who's normally here, uh, he's got the Rona, or his family's got the Rona. So uh, we told him to stay home, and uh, he's on our chat lines too. But I just want to say thanks to everyone who's been listening. Uh, I also want to give a shout-out to Rob Kirksey. Um, he takes he does our uh, Man Up God's Way community, and he does all of our posts and you know checking with everybody and moderating and all that kind of stuff, and uh, I thank him for that. We've got over 27,000 men only in the Man Up God's Way community, and so it's a great community. Uh, Men, if you're listening right now, hop on there. You can go to Man Up God's Way Community, uh, fill out the little form, and we'd love to have you. Great discipleship, great prayer time, uh, some good debates and some bad debates, you know, just like Facebook always has, but uh, it's a great opportunity for men to get involved and connected in our community. Yeah, most importantly, it's a private page. Yeah. So men can get on there and share, you know, some personal things, ask for prayer. Exactly. uh, And, you know, for the most part, we're not... We're not going to let women into the site just because it's a, a men's only site. Women are more than welcome to to join the main Man Up God's Way page, exactly, uh, and things like that. But th- this is just a private uh, community for the men to be able to share 
ask for prayer and to disciple and, and, and just uh, support each other. Exactly. That's right. And then we have our Man Up God's Way Facebook page. It's got over 870,000 followers on it, both men and women. You know, the crazy stat about that one there, Ben, uh, and Tate and Samuel, is that 60% of our followers are women. And uh, what it shows us is that, you know, women want to figure out how their man is supposed to man up as well, uh, or at least get some ideas uh, of what a, a godly man is supposed to be like. So it's uh, kind of a cool stat. So, so they're trying to figure us out, too. Is yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, they might be. Yeah. They, well, it's not too hard to break the man code. Like, <laughs> it's uh, men have five major problems, sex, wives, money, kids, and work. That's how simplistic we are. So, uh, And I we can only think about one of them at a time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's yeah, we, the biggest thing. We have our box. That's and, right. Uh, I, I can't remember the comedian's name, but he he actually was talking about, you know, uh, men's brains are boxes and women's brains are spaghetti. And, you know, men actually have a nothing box. And women have been trying to figure out how to get in that box, you know, yeah. since he turned, since the beginning of time. So, um, but kind of, kind of, we I think we just lost Tate. You still there, Tate? Yeah, I'm still here. I don't know what happened. Oh, there you are. Got, okay. Got back. There he is. We're he's not back. paying attention to him. He's <laughs> back. All right. So, uh, you know, not that he's the elephant in the room, but the elephant in the room is Tate. He's uh, on uh, on Zoom coming out of Seattle. I love technology. It's able to um, for us to stay in contact. And um, Tate, why don't you uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, and uh, then I'll tell the story of how we met. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, yeah, a little bit about me. Um, I am out of uh, Seattle, Washington. I grew up in Seattle, grew up in a real uh, uh, dysfunctional home, really abusive home. Um, my parents did do the best that they could uh, for what we what we had. Um, and then the big thing is, you know, right now I've uh, the last two years since 2020, uh, I've really committed to, you know, just going ministry. And this year, um, I fully committed, um, you know, going into ministry full time, uh, for men's ministry. And I uh, found God in the prison cell and, uh, I changed my life that way. That's awesome. So like, how did you find God in a prison cell? What, what's your story there? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I didn't have a good uh, role model like growing up, um, and I got in a lot of trouble. Um, I guess to, to, you know, start with my dysfunctional family, I, um, you know, I was, you know, drinking at the age of seven, uh, started smoking marijuana by, you know, the age of eight, uh, was getting into hard cart like core drugs uh, by the age of 11, uh, but also, you know, found the need, uh, we were always moving from you know, town to town and, uh, found the need to, um, you know, I felt, you know, I could help my family out, you know, my mom out by, uh, you know, supporting them with money. So I started, uh, selling drugs, uh, stealing and, um, just, you know, getting in a lot of trouble. And, uh, by the time y'all there, yeah, we're here. All right. Um, by the time I was 19, I was arrested uh, 17 times uh, for multiple um, reasons. And, um, yeah, it was at that point um, I uh, was in, incarcerated um, out in Spokane. And 
I ended up um, being in 24-hour lockdown. And what ended up happening in that jail cell was we had to rotate out, um, you know, with with guys in the jail cell. And um, I hate to interrupt you, Tate. Hey. Can, can I uh, stop you for a quick second? I'm going to have you start uh, the jail story one more time. We had some audio issues and it wasn't coming through. Um, we could hear you here okay. in the studio, but they could not hear you back home. And I want to make sure people on Spotify listening to this later have the full story. Yeah, exactly. Uh, just to catch them up, you said you found God in a jail cell. And Pastor Jody asked you to elaborate on that. So I'm going to start you from there, if that's okay. All right. So, um, I, I like I said, I uh, my last time that I got arrested, I was in Spokane County. And uh, I ended up getting 24-hour like, lockdown. And um, what ended up happening was um, I, I, this guy, you know, jo- um, Joseph was in the, the, the cell, they swapped me out, you know, I was 18 at the time, and he just looked at me and said, hey man, if you, you're in here, um, you need to be reading this, and uh, he gave me the Bible, and I knew what the Bible was, my uh, mom's uh, dad uh, and parents gave me the Bible every single year, I swear for Christmas, and or a nutcracker, and uh, I, never, I never used the nutcracker, and I never used the Bible. And um, that was the start. Uh, I read the Bible, you know, from start to finish and um, just really found out that all this time, all this anger that I had, all this backup, I had a father who loved me this whole entire time. And that was Jesus Christ. Yes, Lord. Amen. That, that's awesome. So, so what happened from there? So you got, uh, you gave your life to the Lord uh, in prison and. Um, yeah, so. I, uh, I, I went to, I really gave my, I actually didn't like really give, give my life to the Lord um, until my first year in marriage. I was, I got to learn who Jesus was, but I didn't surrender yet to him. Um, and I, what I ended up doing was I ended up moving um, to Las Vegas, which was a horrible idea. Yeah, that's a great way to test your faith, going to Vegas. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. so I moved to Vegas. I ended up spending uh, three months there, Um, and I it was hard. It was was really hard. I thought I was going to play football, and it just, everything just fell apart. Again, I started doing drugs and still was partying, and um, ended up, you know, uh, one of my friends, uh, Marcus, uh, his his uncle was a coach um, at Orange Coast College. Uh, ended up going there um, to get away from everything. And um, one of the rules, you know, that I saw, like uh, Coach Tag, you know, he really, um, really focused on discipline, and also um, he he was a godly man, but he showed it in a way that I've never experienced before. Um, he was hard on us, but he always gave all the praise to, you know, God. And it was just like, you know, sitting around, a, like he prayed with his family. You know, he told, you know, he told us that, you know, he cared for us, that God cared for us. We had Bible study. Um, it was just one of those things that really pulled me in. Uh, and I was able to get involved in the church. Um, and at that church, so I ended up, um, getting hired on uh, in college at 24 Hour Fitness. Um, well, 
I was hired on uh, for about two weeks and I found out, I got pulled into the uh, manager's office and I ended up um, basically getting told that I couldn't work there no longer. And I was like, I thought for sure that I was gonna, you know, get a raise or something because I had like just crushed the sales team. Um, but I, uh, I got told that I couldn't work there because of my record. And uh, it really just broke my spirit. Uh, it really just kind of got me down on my luck because I felt like everything was kind of working for me. Um, and then that night, um, I really contemplated about like ending my life. Well, one of the guys that I met at church ended up calling me that night um, as I was you know, getting ready to just be done with life. I was over fighting. Um, and, I, you know, it was about 9.30 at night, and this guy from church just reached out to me. Uh, his name was Sam. Um, and he, you know, was a friend. And at the time, you know, he was just, you know, loving on me, um, talking about just life and, you know, sharing about, you know, how God, you know, forgives and, you know, got, we, on, the, on the hard times, we need to, you know, grow closer to him. And this is the test. So, um, it was it was a really good movement. Um, I, I appreciate. I lost him actually this last uh, last year to COVID. Mm. Um, but it it was something that the whole time, um, you know, I got I got I got to take time to um, tell him, you know, about. He, I never told him about the story about me, you know, ending my life um, that night. And like, if it wasn't for him calling, I probably would have done it. And I just was like, dude, Sam, like you saved my life. And he just like smiled and grinned at me and just said, man, you know, Jesus saved your life. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Just, it, that's it good. It wasn't him, but he was just, he was just being a man of God. And, um, he really walked it and faith was number one. And that was, you know, having men like him and coach Tag. Um, even men like my grandfather, um, you know, uh, showed it, you know, it was, it was what really picked me up and, you know, brought me, you know, to understand what Jesus, you know, was, was all about. And it was all about like love. And, um, I ended up, uh, opening up a gym, um, because no one would hire me and I grew to seven locations and I was great and everything. And did really well in business, but also had some hard times in business. And, um, and I met my, met my wife. Um, we have two kids now and, uh, I completely surrendered to God. Um, I lost my house in 2015. I built this life up, you know, but I was worshiping, I was worshiping two masters. I was worshiping um, you know, God, and I was worshiping all these things that I had in my life that I, I created by money. And I never, I never, uh, I never really surrendered to him. And uh, I always thought that I, I needed more money. I needed more, you know, time and freedom. But really the whole, whole thing that we need in our life is just, you know, Jesus Christ. So, right. Exactly. Exactly. And, um, so, so let me yeah. ask you this. So in, in the, all of that time you got married, now was your marriage perfect? You know, now that you knew Jesus, were you the man that you were called to be? 
Um, I would say that our marriage is never, it's not perfect. And I think that one thing, um, like I speak to guys, you know, all the time is we, we will never have perfect marriages. Um, but if you have Jesus in the middle of your marriage, if you're doing Jesus with your marriage, your marriage is going to be solid. And, and, and that's the thing that I tell every single guy, there's going to be hard times. There's going to be Satan coming into your life. But if you have God with you in your, your relationship and put that first, that's, that's what, that's what matters. I mean, my wife and I, we've been through some really, really tough times. Um, and if it wasn't, if it wasn't for us praying and leaning into, you know, God during those times, I don't think we would make it out if we did not have him. So. Amen. Amen. So t- tell us how, um, I, so I know your story, so I'm going to ask some questions about, uh, you know, how you got to where you are and, and then, uh, talk a little bit about how we got to where we are, uh, here interviewing you on our podcast and, and talking and, uh, actually spending a week together this past couple of months and, uh, just really, uh, you know, honing out what God has led us to. And, uh, it's, it's been really cool to, to see God just really working here. But, um, so you, you gave your life to the Lord. You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is a miracle. And, uh, the way that, you know, God's been working in your life is a lot like, you know, the way that the man up God's way, uh, ministry is, it sounds a lot like the same thing. You worked on your personal life. You worked on your marriage. Uh, you've got a couple kids now, uh, you're, you're becoming a, a godly father and, uh, you know, God has blessed you, uh, with a biz, you know, a few businesses and, and continuing to do that as well. Um, and then you started a, a ministry called Kingsman. Tell us how that started. Yeah. So, um, when, so when I started, uh, putting my life together, you know, I was, um, only like kind of like I would, fitness was a big key you know, for me. Um, and reading the Bible was a big key for me. So my fitness and faith were like strong. Um, and, but there's other areas in my life that were just like a mess, like my family relationships with my, you know, um, my loved ones, like we didn't, I didn't have relationships. I had a lot of guilt. I had a lot of shame. I didn't want to be around them. Um, you know, my, my personal family, like, you know, with my mom and my sisters and my brothers, my dad, um, all of that. And the other thing is I, uh, I was really, I was really athletic and in good shape, but you know, I would, I struggled in my finances and that was just simply because I didn't know anything about finances. Um, and then the other time is I, I'm one of those people that, um, I can't, I, I always have to have so much going on and I can't, I don't ever really, I didn't ever, I always wanted to please other people and help other people, um, which I, I still do, but I never really took time to focus on really what I wanted to do, or I should say mostly what God wanted me to do. And um, so um, so Kingsman started by, um, I call it the keys. Um, you know, so it's your faith, your, your fitness, your focus, your, fi- your family, and your finances. And uh, I, I thought of like all these other cool ways that we could put it because I, I hear these, you know, five keys come up, you know, on the internet, like right, all exactly. the time and they call them all sort like the five F's or, you know, all of that. But really, um, those are, those are the keys. And, um, if I can, if I can focus, you know, my day around all of doing the all five keys, 
um, I find that my day goes really smoothly. And, you know, praying, you know, so like, so with your, your faith, you got to be in the word. You have to be a disciple. You need to be doing God's work. You know, when I leave, when I leave other people, um, I want them to recognize me as like, I gave them a nugget. Like I showed right. them love. Right, know? exactly. I want, I want them to see um, Jesus through me, you know, like what he's working through me. Um, and so that's, that's part of, you know, your faith. Like, you know, did you serve in your church? Did you, right. did you um, connect with other men in your church? Were you being um, a, a good priest, like in your community? Like uh, this, just this past um, veterans day, we served, you know, we were able to put together the church, and I go to, we were able to put together uh, 27 men and feed over 73 veterans, uh, which is like, it's really, that's, that's like extremely, I think, awesome because it was like we had 27 men in our church and our church is no more than 100 members that came in and, you know, went out and, and fed other people. And that's it was great. like, that was, yeah. it was so much fun. It was so much, it was great time. Um, you know, we do, we do life together as a men in the church. And we talk about things that are really hard. And so your faith is, your faith's got to be number one um, to get, right. you know, solid. You got to have that relationship with Jesus. That's and then uh, you got to be in this, the scripture too. Like every day I'm in the scripture, every day um, I'm praying, but you know, your Bible is the only, if you look at, um, you know, the armor of God, the only thing that, you know, God gives you is that sword to, you know, fight back at yourself. Right. That, that sword is the Bible, right? And so that the being in the Word every single day. I think I just told my church that yesterday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the offensive. We- it's the only offensive weapon, and everything else is defensive. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's good. So tell so, us. So, so that's that's amazing. I love I love the way that you know, our two ministries, uh, especially geared toward men, um, have a lot in common. You know, it's really, it's geared toward, um, you know, the personal relationship. It's geared toward your marriage and your family. Uh, it's geared toward your church and learning to have a servant's heart. And, um, you know, we don't see that a lot in churches nowadays is that, you know, to have a servant's heart. Um, you know, it's sad that you only had 27, but it's awesome that you had 27 going out to feed veterans, um, you know, to take up their day. And uh, the church needs to grow that um, exponentially, to be honest. You know, men need to get out there and start doing some things that are uh, a little bit different. You know, get out of our comfort zone, get out of, um, you know, the, the hobbies and the, the work and all the stuff that keeps us from actually serving in the kingdom. So uh, I love your heart. And that's where um, you and I connected more than anything was just, man, we were, we were really like-minded except for the, yeah. except for the in shape part. Yeah. Except for the in shape part. Yeah, exactly. We both had a lot of money and lost it, but he was in shape when he did it. And I'm not sure you've ever been since basic training. Just saying. Hey, just wait till this, 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 this competition. Yeah. We'll dude. talk about that yeah, later. Exactly. I'm going to smoke you. Uh, at least we got one pretty face on the, on the podcast today. That's yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Tate's, yeah. He, knows actually, he knows they can't see me, right? Yeah. We had to take yours off. Tate, it doesn't work anymore. So, um, but we, yeah, our Zoom uh, for some reason froze up on us, but we still got you on uh, audio here. Um, so, a crazy story. So, this was during COVID. Um, 
I got a call from a buddy of mine, a guy that been named Paul Getter, and amazing pastor, man. He can, he preaches like nobody's business. He's out of uh, Tampa, Florida. And uh, Paul and I have known each other since 2011, 12, something like that, maybe 2013. Um, but Paul uh, is a net, uh, internet marketing guy, yeah. uh, as well as a, a pastor. Just a, he's got a, and he's, it's funny because you're talking to him and he's just really kind of nice and sweet and soft spoken. And man, you get him on a pulpit and you would think, man, he just, he's going to tear somebody's head off and he starts a preaching and a stomping. And, uh, I love, uh, love listening to his preaching, but, uh, so we got to, we got to start working together and man, he had just started his internet marketing company. He was trying to get into internet marketing and about the time we started man up, we started getting on Facebook and we started our page. And the next thing you know, uh, we got into the battles of, um, you know, with uh, we, not battles, I should say, in the vein of uh, um, uh, Duck Dynasty. You know, we got to, you know, start they started posting some of our stuff and we posted some of theirs and, um, you know, just kind of started growing together. And, and Paul caught wind of it and he was like, hey, man, can can I, you know, here's a, who, who I am and let me help you out. And so God had been working Tate and I's meeting for literally almost 10 years and, um, literally 10 years. Cause that's about the time I met Paul. So during COVID Paul, so over the years, Paul has been, you know, helping me build the Facebook page and giving me ideas and coming alongside of me and stuff like that. So, um, in 2020, Tate had called, and now Paul is a, you know, top 30 Yahoo uh, entrepreneurial in the internet world. Like, he's just, he's just blown up, and he's just... The, the marketing nerd. The marketing nerd, exactly. That's him. Maybe, mm-hmm. uh, maybe he'll give us a shout-out or some, uh, some free work later on for giving me some, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> some help. Exactly. No, I still talk to Paul. He's a great guy, but, but Tate had called Paul and said, you know, trying to get him to do some work. And all of a sudden Paul says, he texts me and he's like, dude, you got to meet this guy. And, uh, he's like, he's going down the exact same vein you did. And y'all have got the exact same ministry. And, uh, Tate's got money. You don't. So let's talk to, you know, it was just one of those, <laughs> one of those conversations that we just started talking. So, um, I can't remember. I mean, maybe Paul, we did a conference call, whatever. Well, dang, Tate and I like just hit it off. And so all through COVID all during the shutdown, we're praying, we're planning, we we're, we're doing some things. And, um, and so early 2021, Tate and I started to do like a, a, a little coaching program just trying to feel the the waters out there and we sent it out and and all of a sudden and it's it's really coaching on his five keys uh faith family focus finance and fitness and uh man we had like just tons of people jump all over this well what we realized was we weren't prepared for what to do next right and um so tate and i you know we've been talking we've been praying and uh man god just kind of melded us together to combine our ministries and um and start one ministry and that we're gonna you know uh from the the west coast to the midwest that we're just going to um you know try to expand god's kingdom together uh along with you guys here in the podcast and uh, really excited about what God's doing. And so that's how Tate and I met. And then, uh, um, 
you know, he's just got some great contacts along with my contacts. And uh, I think God is just doing a great thing here. So we're, we're really excited about it. Um, Tate, is that how you remember it as well? Yeah, that's exactly how I remember it. Um, it was... It was just like we were like uh, Hans and Franz, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Gonna pump you up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, we hit it off really, really well. Um, Paul, uh, you know, it, it was. I, I hired Paul to do some work. Um, actually, I, I hired him not even to do some work with Kingsman, and then he was like, he was like, man, like, what do you? Well, tell me more about this Kingsman thing that you have on your Facebook page. And uh, I was like, oh, that's just something like I do, you know, at, at our church and locally. And uh, I was like, I've always thought about putting it online, though, and like being able to help more people. And he was like, dude, like you need to meet Jody. And so, yeah, from that day we met, um, it, was, it was, you know, COVID was, was great. And then coming out to the conference was when I saw the first Man Up conference, like live. And understood, you know, what man up, you know, what God was doing with man up and was just like, man, I saw this guy, you know, sing. I saw this guy, you know, preach. I saw, you know, Ben, you know, the hype man, like, you know, like it was, it was, it was great. Um, Jody's still not the best cornhole player, but um, <laughs> I'm still the champ. The best <laughs> but, uh, but it, it, it brought like, it brought everything like together, um, you know, coming out and meeting you guys. Right. And, um, it, it gave like spoke God, like during that, that conference, God was like, this is, you, you need, this is how, this is what I want you to do and go out and help disciple men. And, um, you know, that was like, all right, let's do it. That's awesome. That's all. That was a good conference too. We had uh, Samuel in the back here doing the the singing, and um, just we had a great great group of guys, right around 150 guys. I usually like to do our conferences small. That way we get to, you know, the worst thing I hate about uh, men's conferences is you know where the speaker has the green room and he comes out and he speaks, and then he goes back to the green room. He doesn't spend time with the the guys and. I like spending time with the guys and, you know, getting to know them and hearing their stories. And, um, that was a really good weekend for us to all do that. And, um, I was blessed to do that, but yeah, we, we spent the whole week together just praying and planning and God, man, he is just, he's all over it. That's the cool thing about it is, you know, when God's all over it, it's going to, it's going to go, going to go well. Um, once we started praying and visioning things out, you know, everything just kind of fell into place. Um, and, uh, and here we are. So it's been, it's been good. So Tate, tell us a little bit about, uh, your transition homes, you know, to be honest that, that, uh, of our partnering, this is probably one of my most exciting, um, thoughts and, and, and ideas and visions, um, hopefully one day to bring to the Midwest is uh, a transition home. And tell us how you started yeah. the transition home and what you're doing with there and, and what God's doing there. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 uh, I actually didn't like start like the transition homes. There's a board that you know started it, and um, but I am uh, the the director, um, and we have three um, transition homes. So there's a there's a group of us that you know were like, hey, this was this is a need. Um, 
and our community. Um, there's a lot of, you know, when you come out of prison or if you're struggling on the streets or, you know, there's guys that, you know, say they're Christians, but they struggle with addiction. And uh, it's a it's a true thing. Um, and so um, what I found was um, I was I was homeless. I, I lived in a, a Oxford home between um, basically when I came out uh, before I left for um, California and it was a transition home and it was uh, not just a, a like a it was a transition home about uh, Christ. So it was God focused and it, 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 was, it just helped. It just helped having other men be disciples, um, pour into you. When you're down, like in, um, when you're homeless, when you're down, when you, when you don't have much, you have everything going against you and you've screwed up a ton of times being a knucklehead like me, right. you, you, you get a lot of guilt and shame. Um, and it really breaks, it really breaks you. And I, I see, you know, I see that every day. I mean, being in Seattle, um, I see that every day. I see guys going around and they just have, they're just, they feel guilty and they have a lot of shame for the things that they're, they're going through. And instead of, you know, looking at them and being like, Oh, these guys on the street or, you know, these guys in rehab or these guys coming out of prison, I was like, man, like, where is there someone that can just be like, dude, I get you. Right. I was you, you know? And, um, and, and that was, that's, that's what I love. I love doing that. Like it's, um, you know, being able to help guys that, you know, and introduce them to Jesus and give them a place to live and, you know, do Bible study with them and go to church with them and, um, just show them, you know, the true meaning of, you know, Jesus, which is love. And, um, and knowing that, Hey, all your sins, all your sins, all your struggles, you know, everything, you know, bring to the altar and leave it, you know, leave it, you know, right here. That's Give it awesome. To him. That's and, awesome. Um, yeah. So we got three locations. We got 73 guys. Um, actually we have 70, we got two more coming in. So, um, and it's just, it's amazing. Um, we're looking at, um, building a, actually a bigger one that has like a rec center too. Right. Um, and so, man, it's, it, it's nothing more to see it. These guys, like they're going to like rehab, they're going to have their struggles, but there's not at the end of the day, when I see a guy come back to me, like in, in three years or four years and he, 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 he gets to see his family again. He's got a smile on his face. He's coming to church with his family, man. Like, let me tell you, it That's is awesome. awesome to watch, you know, just Jesus, you know, do, do his work. That's and, great. So um, I go, yeah, I do that full, full time now. So. I want to go back to something he said there earlier because okay. I think it's important uh, for men, especially when you're struggling or whatever, right. is the part where he talked about it was nice to have other men and go through the same things that they that they go through. First right. Peter five nine says, "Resist him by being firm in the faith." You know that the same kinds of sufferings are being laid on your brotherhood all over the world. I couldn't remember the verse, but there's another verse that talks about how you're not alone. You're you're going through the same things as as everybody else. I can't right. pull the verse off the top of my head right now. And I think that's important because when you're dealing with shame or regret or you're dealing with something that you're struggling with, maybe it's an addiction or this, that, or the other, it's, it's, it's easy to think that you're, you're alone. Right. And, and, and we have a, uh, naturally we just want to separate ourselves from people. 
Right. And that's the beautiful thing about Jesus and the beautiful thing mm-hmm. about the church is when you, when you have a church, when you have a Christian tribe is like what I like right. to call it, then, then you can share your problems and you know yeah. that people aren't going to judge you, tell other people, unless it's an issue where, you know, maybe an elder needs mm-hmm. to be told or right. this, that, and the other. So I think that's important. Guys, you're not alone. Right, exactly. We're all struggling with, with more than one thing. Right. You know, it may, there, there may be different levels of it. I may not be struggling with some of the things that you're struggling with right. now that I'm more mature in my faith, but we're all struggling with something. We're all. That's why I think it's so important that we do share our testimony. You know, yeah. like literally, I, I, th- I talked last week of how my, my first book was written was because somebody challenged me to write my testimony. And what that did was it got me to a place to where I could, I didn't understand the Bible really well yet. And I was, you know, learning it and I didn't, I couldn't memorize stuff and. Uh, I still have this issue of just, you know, learn, getting scripture stuck in my head because I've got 80 songs stuck in my head because I know the song and the, you know, the, the day it was written and all of that, like stupid stuff. But uh, the testimony is is majorly important in a person's life. Like you need to be sharing your testimony all the time. And the reason being is because you're going to find that somebody does have that same issue. And here you are, you're sharing your testimony. And, and, and a lot of times, especially in church, what happens is they place you on a pedestal and they think that they can't talk to you just because, you know, you may know scripture or you talk well, or you, you know, carry yourself well, they think I can't read, get there. And then all of a sudden here you share your testimony about, you know, being an addict or, uh, you know, uh, being addicted to porn and struggling with your wife or, you know, can't memorize your Bible and don't know where the books are. Like that makes them feel like, Oh man, I'm, you know, I'm not the only one that's dealing with this. And so it's extremely important to share your testimony. You look at, you know, Tate's story where the guy, you know, his mentor came and knocked on his door you know, the night that he was thinking about, you know, committing suicide. Imagine if all the men were in, in, in empowered with the Holy Spirit and dwelled. I mean, I'm, to, I'm talking about indwelled to the top of their head indwelled. Um, there would be a lot less people feeling like they were alone because the Holy Spirit would prompt them, go, go knock on the door, yeah. go check on your brother, make sure he's doing okay. And, um, that's uh, extremely, well, important. I was thinking right. earlier, I didn't get a chance to, to, to comment on it, but earlier when, when, uh, Tate was talking he said something about it right after he got saved, he was moving to Vegas. And I thought he said that wasn't a great idea. And it's like, <laughs> here's a lesson to all you Christian men. If the Holy spirit forbidden Paul to go to Asia, He's not telling you to go to Vegas. Right, I'm telling exactly. you that right now. Okay? <laughs> Chill out. The Holy Spirit is not telling yeah. you to go to Las Vegas. Exactly. That's great. So, Tate, the, the uh, transition homes are still doing well, and you got 75 guys. And So what's the, what's the process? Um, so you vet a guy who's coming in. I know that you vet them uh, to make sure that they're, you know, still not addicted to drugs or um you know, definitely can't bring them in, obviously. And then you go through the process of just teaching them who Jesus is. And, and, and how do you, you know, how do you get them back into the world? What's, what's your process there? Yeah. So, uh, the first, uh, the first 90 days, is just a hundred percent, you know, just learning who Jesus is. And, um, that's great. And then the other thing is, you know, a lot of these guys are coming out, like they don't have, they don't have IDs. They don't have, they don't have social security cards. Um, they got, they got to take care of other responsibilities like fines and everything with the state, um, prior, you know, just to get back on their feet. And it's a lot, right. um, it, it's a lot. Right. And so, 
Um, we help them. We have connections. Uh, we help them. We take them to their appointments. Um, you know, we have uh, we have a guy, like a program called actually a discipleship program um, where other other men from the church um, come and um, just do life with these guys. And right. it's it's awesome. Like uh, they they become friends with them. They uh, a lot of these guys. Actually, I could I could probably say that ninety nine percent of these guys do not have other uh, godly figures or wow. uh, grew up with anything um, great about their father. Mm. A, 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 a right. lot of them come from uh, the pattern of a very abusive home, uh, whether it be from their mom or their dad, um, and and it's a um, domestic violence. It, it's a real thing. Verbally right. in and uh and verbally and uh physically it's it's a real thing a lot of these guys experience it's a trend it's a pattern and um and they grew up watching this and and, and you're stuck in that system um right. you know for me you know seeing these guys um the next step would be them uh getting them get job you know because they got to start working they got they, yeah. they only have they get they get uh, 90 days just to really figure out, get the resume, you know, be job eligible, and we work with them on that. Right. Um, do, you, do you actually go, do you care what they've done as far as their crime? You know, like is that part of the vetting process, or if they're yeah, out of, yeah. if they're out of prison, you bring them in? Yeah, um, we we take everyone um, except for um, like mental health and uh, sex offenders. Okay, um, and. And um, just because we're not capable to to do that, right? Um, and um, the the big thing is, but other than that, like we have guys that all sorts of different stuff, right? You know? Like, um, you know, we've we've had guys that um, are drug addicts. We've had guys total bank robberies. Um, yeah, so it's it's. It's a, it's a variety of things. That's great. A lot of them, though, um, struggle with some kind of substance abuse. And yeah. Um, yeah. actually, statistically, too, if you look at it, a lot of guys uh, struggle with some kind of, um, you know, basically a dopamine, like, you know, substance abuse that they are looking for. They're looking, um, you can be addicted to uh, porn. You can right. be addicted yeah. to your phone. You can be addicted to... So there's a lot of these guys that are addicted to things um, and they have that addictive personality and just guys alone are just, they have yeah. that. So yeah, it's, it's tough on the addiction part just because typically what addicts do is they'll get rid of one addiction and move to the next one, you know, and it's kind of mm -hmm. this, this process. And usually you've got to get to a place to where you're dealing with the heart. You know, if you can start dealing with the heart uh, of the issue, you can usually break that addiction cycle. But I've watched so many men go, you know, they were on drugs and man, now they're high on Jesus. And, um, you know, they wane from that and they get high on exercise. Then they get high on reading. Then they get high. Like yep. it's just, it's just this continual movement until, um, and it's hard to find contentment a lot of time, you know, just in, in life in general, whether it's your wife or your kids or your job or your money or your status or, or whatever. And, and learning to find contentment, um, I would imagine for a lot of these guys is really hard, number one, but once they do, uh, landing the plane, so to speak with addictions is a lot easier. 
Yeah, and the first thing that we also do with these guys is we help them find their purpose. That's awesome. Like by uh, not yeah, their purpose, good. but God's purpose for them. That's good. So, because um, like we have this thing where it's like, okay, what's what's your purpose in life? And then they'll tell us everything, right? They'll be like, oh, like I need to get a job. Oh, I need to do this, right? That's great. And at the end of it, we're like, okay, now what's God's purpose for right. you? <laughs> right, exactly. And it's like they they don't know, and so we we circle. You need to figure out before you you think this is your purpose. You need to you need to figure out what God's purpose is. That's good. That's really good. That is awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about what God is doing. Um, I know you know literally Tate and I will talk. You know every week, if not every other week, and you know we're throwing out. I meant. If all the ideas stick, you know, to the wall that we've thrown up on the wall, um, it's going to be some good stuff. So, but I'm hoping some of those fall off the wall, so we know that. <laughs> okay, let's don't go down that avenue, because man, we've got uh, we got some busy time. It's just really cool what God is doing and uh, and how He's working this all out. So, Tate, I'm excited about um, all of this. Uh, I know we're going to try to do a conference up in uh, Seattle, uh, hopefully. Yep you know, soon this summer sometime, uh, this fall, possibly really excited about that. And, uh, we're going to see what God does, uh, big time there. So that's, that's, yeah. gonna, that's going to be fun. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited about the conference. Um, I'm also excited about the, the warrior. Um, yeah. Box. Yeah. So we've got uh, a, we've got something that we'll be launching, uh, probably in the next month. Um, hopefully sooner that we're calling it the war box. It's literally discipleship in a box and it'll come with the man up books. Um, we're actually going to coach the, the leader of the group. So the leader will buy the box. The leader will get his men, uh, his, his nine men, hopefully he can get 10. Um, we'll train the leader on how to train his 10 and then hopefully he'll send those 10 out or to those nine out to get 10 themselves. And so, um, really excited about that on how we're going to, to launch that. And, um, you know, our goal really is to get, uh, discipleship into churches, you know, a men's ministry into churches, um, less than 10% of all churches are able to establish and, and keep and maintain a, a men's ministry. And, um, you know, we hope that we can, uh, help out through the man up, you know, program and the man up book and, the war groups, um, the war box, that's kind of, you know, it's, it's a battle. And we want these guys to go to war, so we're really excited about that. So that's going to be fun. Mm -hmm. That's good. Awesome. Well, man, um, I'm, I'm excited about what God's doing, and it's going to be some fun stuff. So let's talk about a couple things here. Uh, number one, let me – I keep smelling my coffee over here, so i got to brag about this coffee just a moment. Um, so we have man up God's way coffee. It is, uh, through rocket fuel. And, uh, this is a guy by the name of, um, Shelby Craig, who I partnered with, uh, to do some of our stuff. I got this last week and I've been waiting to tell, you know, to show everybody cause I want to open it up. I want to start, I want to start drinking it. This is whole bean. <laughs> like it just, man, it just smells good. Oh my goodness. I've, I've actually had it, but I ran out. So he sent me some more. Um, we've uh, got this. It's a medium dark roast, yeah, next whole week. bean coffee. You can also get it ground. Next uh, week, well. we'll next week we'll talk about the story about how I got out of here with it tonight. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You didn't get it. Yeah, no, <laughs> we'll I know. I, I promise week. you, I will run you down and beat oh. you like a redheaded stepchild. So, um, we've got that on our website. That's on the Man Up God's Way or the Man Up Merch page. Man Up uh, dot com. Man Up Merch dot com. Uh, and guess what? You can get it with this too. So you can get it with this. Yeah, but they it, would, is that the Vanna White look? They would rather have this. One. Yeah, I was going to say that's a pretty good one too. So. Um, Really excited about some of the merch stuff that we have uh, on our website. We even got a cutting board on there. Like it's got it's branded uh, "Man Up God's Way" on it. Cutting board, <laughs> yeah. So uh, get you one. Nice. But they're pretty cool. Uh, be cooking. Uh, be cutting up my steak. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Uh, that's we need to have some good steaks. So Tate, what's uh, what's in store for twenty twenty two? Did you make any resolutions? I did not. um no i did not i mean um 2022 uh full commitment uh men's ministry um that is that's what i'm doing um every every day um i'm i'm doing life with other other men um helping other men out um and that's 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 what i've committed to doing for 2022 that's Um, awesome you know and even um like right now we got some flooding going on, um, in our area, you know, even my own house. But, um, lately it's just been, I, uh, I, I have the resources to be able to get other people, uh, that are skilled, like skilled, you know, workers and help other people out. And, um, just being able to do that financially and also, you know, having the guys that are skilled like that, you know, wanting to help out. Um, you know, with, you know, tearing out drywall insulation, um, you know, it, and not, not have it to be a financial burden, you know, during these disaster times. Right, and, exactly. uh, yeah. So it's like I said, like God's working, man, like God, God is moving. Um, yeah, you guys got some uh, major rain. I mean, like, oh man, we got major. And Seattle rain normally gets yeah. rain anyway, but I was you got. Look yeah. Seattle. Hey, you guys yeah. got some major rain. Well, Ooh. We got. Yeah, there's prophecy. Yeah, we got. Jeez, <laughs> man, come on. What, hold on, let Seattle me. Where's my button to shut him up? I don't up. think you oh. have an eject button. Yeah, do I have an eject button somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, we got a lot of rain, it. but it got yeah, it got yeah. cold too. We got yeah. that freeze, which I know it's nothing like what you guys get, but it got it got like you know sixteen degrees. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, but, you're, hopefully you're bringing the discernment to this partnership yeah. there, Tate. <laughs> <laughs> My gosh, flood! You never had flooding up there like that. How's that? Not the rain. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know you don't have no rivers that. out there. Yeah, exactly. Well, good. Did you get your house fixed? Everything taken care of on that? Yeah, we're okay. good on this. So, yeah, and like I said, that's been it's been uh, it's been fun. You that's know, awesome. it's it's I've never seen like um, the church and the community. I mean, like right now, like if I can say one thing, guys, like I think if you're not plugged in with your church and you are not um, like doing life together, right. like you're, you're missing out. You're, yeah. you're, you're really missing out. You're not, that's God. God wants us to do life together and, as men. And not only that, but like to be real and with your, with the other men in your church, if you're yeah. struggling, 
tell the guys like, hey, I'm struggling with porn right now. Hey, I'm struggling like with my house just like, you know, flooded. You know, my right. my dog just got hit by a car. Right. Don't don't say I'm doing good when you're really not doing good. Right. And um, I think guys also like, you know, when a guy tells you this too, don't just pray for them, but help them, you know, do more than just prayer because it, it's, it's what builds, you know, that's what Jesus, Jesus is about doing life together. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think that's extremely important. That's a, that's a good point. I mean, men, you know, we weren't, weren't made to be alone. Um, you know, we, we, our families weren't made to be, you know, secluded uh, from the church. And, you know, this is what God's coming back for. When Jesus comes back, he's coming back for, for the church, and uh, we need to be a part of it. And we, we, you wouldn't believe how many, you know, men we just try to, try to get engaged, um, you know, whether it's through the men's ministry or just in servitude in the church. Uh, it's an extremely important part of the process of discipleship, just learning to to get to know people and, um, and, and be known, you know, you can't come and sit the, the, the proverbial backseat of the church and not get known, uh, get out there and get known, uh, by the other men. You got a lot of guys that want to come alongside of you and help, uh, whether it's through discipleship or, um, I, I, I've got a story like literally I just given my life to the Lord and, um, like is, it's crazy how God works, you know, I just given my life to the Lord. I was building my empire prior to giving my life to the Lord. Like money was nothing but my God. And I thought, you know, I had to have the most of it. And uh, I acted like I did and uh, everybody knew it and all of this and um, gave my life to the Lord about a year into it. God called my wife to quit her job. She was working a huge pharmaceutical company, making a ton of money. I was working for a German company out of, um, it's out of Germany. (laughs) 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 I was working for a company out of Germany. I said a German company out of a company. Folks, (laughs) folks, folks, listen, I got to tell you. You you have lucked out by tuning in tonight. Tonight you have learned that it rains a lot in Seattle, and that a German company is it resides in, Not Germany. in Germany. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I hate you, Ben. <laughs> um, but um, so here I am, you know, thinking, you know, I've got to let, I got to keep this air of who I am and and all yeah. this. And I just, I mean, I'm I'm talking, I'm just in the church, and so uh, my wife quits her jobs to stay home with the kids, which we knew that that was God calling. But what we didn't know God was going to do is I was going to lose my job. And uh, so I lost my job. Here we are, um, you know, just about to, to lose everything. Um, and uh, I got a, uh, I started a company. I had 1500 bucks in my, my, my uh, checking account and I had a laptop computer. And so I started a company. Well, my first, one of my first customers was build a bear, um, the teddy bear stuffing yeah. company. I designed the stuffing system that yeah. actually there was a new system that went in. So, um, my company and I designed the, the, the stuffing system and they gave me, you know, they didn't like working for the German company without me being there. So they called me up one day and said, Hey, we want to give you an order. And, um, I was like, okay, you know, what does that mean? They go, well, we want you to take over all of our maintenance, you know, nationwide for all of our stores. And it was a big deal. And so I'm back at church and I hadn't told anybody that 
you know, um, I, I'd gotten fired. I had told anybody, uh, Nan, uh, they knew that Nan, my wife was quitting work. And so I, I'm at church, I'm nervous wreck. I, you know, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit just said, tell somebody your story. Like tell somebody, like tell somebody what's going on. And so I tell somebody and, you know, I really needed money to, to make this, um, this new company start. And I didn't have any money. I didn't have an investor, but I had a purchase order for almost $300,000. Like, but I had to like start working on the company. I had no clue. Like I told them I could do it. You know, I (laughs) lied through my teeth. Uh, you know, uh, I've been forgiven for that one. So just since then, um, but a blessing came out of that. Um, one of my good friends, even to this day, uh, I trust him with all of, you know, my life. He came up to me and he was uh, a vice president of a bank. And he said, hey, I can I can help you with that. You know, after telling him the story and um, got me through it. And it was all because. I shared my testimony yep. and, and from me sharing my testimony and just being real with somebody. And it was, it was with a group of guys. I'm telling them at church what's going on. My heart's broken. I don't know what I'm going to do. And he was like, well, if you've got a purchase order, I can, I can help you. You know, like I, I can really help you. I was like, you're kidding me. He's like, no, come down to my office. We'll work it out. Uh, one thing led to another. I meant for years, he's finan- He's been in my financial stuff. He knows everything about me. Uh, and it was all because of that one moment that I just was open enough to tell them, um, and, and it was pride, obviously, you know, that kept me from telling people that I lost my job and that I was down to my last penny and stuff like that. But, um, it opened the door for God to move in my life and let me see that, um, trying to hold it all in on myself is not what it's meant to be. And it just, it rocked my world from then on. Yeah. It was good, you know. Um, Men need to share. Uh, I've said this a million times. We have five major problems. Sex, wives, money, kids, and work. As a man, you know, probably for most men, I'm not going to say all men, but most men, um, sexual lust, pornography, um, issues typically arise in, in, um, in abundance, you know, for most men, uh, it's a struggle for us to, to learn how to bounce your eyes and to control your thoughts and to, to make sure that you're not lusting. Um, wives, if you're married, uh, we all have marriage problems. Like there's nobody that has a perfect marriage, but there are a lot of godly marriages out there that you can glean from, um, and you've got to be able to, to be bold enough to say like, I'm struggling in my marriage. Can you come help me? Yeah, I see your marriage doing well and y'all look like a godly couple and a, a godly couple will tell you that it's not perfect. Number one, and that it takes work to be a godly couple. We all have our, uh, fig leaves. Yeah. <laughs> right. So when the, in the, Jared talked a little bit about it yesterday morning when he did announcements, but in the garden, Eve bites the apple, and at that point, everything's broken. Right. Like, it's not visual. You can't see it, but at that point, God's plan mm-hmm. is broken, in a sense. Right. And God comes to the garden, and he says, Adam, where are you? And Adam says, I'm scared, I'm naked, and I'm hiding, basically. Mm-hmm. Right. And at that point, 
he tells God, I've got two fit, you know, he'd sewn fit. They had sewn mm-hmm. fig leaves. They're wearing fig leaves. And at that point, the problem is not the fig leaf. It's why Adam thought he had to wear the fig leaf. Right. Right. The fig leaf mm-hmm. is just to color up, cover up for the brokenness. Right. I learned not too long ago that there are 700 species of fig leaves. Right. So mm-hmm. it, it, clearly God knew what he was saying when he gave that example and in our brokenness, what we we need to ask ourselves: What are our fig leaves? Mm-hmm. I'm all right. Everything right. is great. When my marriage was not doing well, and you would ask me, "How's you mm-hmm. and Stacy?" It's great. Mm-hmm. It was terrible. Right. You know, and it's, you, we, you that's weren't my hiding fig, that. Just my so fig you know. leaf. One yeah. of my fig leaves was that I discovered was everything's great. Right. I'm the everything's great guy. Yeah. And that's a false balance. And that, that's where a lot of guys lie within the church, you know, Hey, everything's great. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, you know, a testimony, you know, whether it's your testimony, um, uh, you know, Samuel, we've heard his testimony has got a great testimony. Tate's got a great testimony. Like in your testimony, doesn't have to be great. You just need to share. And you know, you need to share what's on your heart. What's your struggles? Like just get those out. And if you have a testimony, share your testimony. Cause you don't know who's sitting next to you. You know, you don't know what little thing is going to rock your world and realize, ah, oh, man, I needed to talk about that. Sammy, you were going to say something? Oh, no. Oh, good. I thought I you raised your hands. Stretching right. my legs. Bro. All right, good. And then, you know, so you, you've got, you know, sex, you've got wives, you've got children. Man, if you've got kids, that compounds the issue sometimes in your home. Like, we all struggle to be godly fathers and don't think that you're out there alone. You know, we... um I've got a uh, 20-year-old and a 19-year-old, and then I've got twin 10-year-olds. And they're, they are all different in nature. You discipline different, all four of them. Uh, you know, each one has a different love language. And, man, it is a struggle just trying to figure out, you know, what all that is. And so no, no man has it figured out as being a father. Now, there are some guys that are really good fathers and really crappy husbands. They've got it backwards. Yep. They've got to really make sure that they are a great husband in order to show their children um, what, a, what a great father, how a great father loves his wife, how he protects her, loves her like the church. Uh, and then money. Man, we, we've all got money issues, money problems. Uh, it always gets in your way. Um, no matter where you are financially, uh, it's a great testimony to to let people know that, man, you know, I'm struggling or I'm I'm trying to get to a place or I need help or I need a budget or can, you know, there are a lot of people out there who know how to do a budget. I don't know how to do a budget. Like I, I know how to spend money, you know, I, and I, you know, what's crazy is I know how to make money, uh, but I don't know how to keep it. And God over the years has really been working on me with that. Um, he took me to a place to where I didn't have, you know, expendable income anymore. So, you know, I, I figured my budget out. I just don't have any to spend. Um, and then work, you know, as men, we are called to work six days a week. God says work, uh, six days a week, rest on the Sabbath day. And, uh, if you're working, if you're providing for your family, if you're, uh, out there doing that, you're going to have issues, you're going to have problems. And, um, so I, I think it's extremely important that men share their issues because there's most likely nothing that you've been through or going through that somebody else hasn't in the room. Yeah, and it's the reason, important. I mean, the reason why we, we talk so much about guys should be doing 
you know, coming to church and guys should be leading their families mm-hmm. and guys should be doing works is because guys, it's not just based on what you want to do or your desire. The reason why we can say this stuff mm-hmm. so confidently is because it's what you were created to do. Amen. Right. And Ephesians, what we're called to do. You look at the Bible, man. Ephesians chapter one, verse three, starting there. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. He predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to pray to the praise of his glorious grace with which he was has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood and forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace. And it goes on later in Ephesians to talk about how God created us for good works, right. that he created before time mm-hmm. for us to walk to into it. it. Right. So the whole this is a work in your life of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A man will be mm. known by his fruit. Right. So if you were not seeing the fruit... Well, then we know that something's not something's not, something's yeah. not there. Yeah. At, at minimum, That's going cool. to church and and being part of a being part of a church family. Uh, you know, at minimum, that's something God wants us to do Amen. at a foundational yeah. level. And then it goes from there exponentially, actually. You yeah. know, the, w- there's a lot of stuff to do. So, Tate, you still there, buddy? Did we lose you? You still there, man. Okay. All right. He was writing this all down. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm pretty sure I heard him typing. <laughs> he was like, that's a good one. Well, good. Good. No, I think, I, I mean, that's, you guys just, you know, nailed that one with the hammer, you know, drive that one in. That's awesome. So, so you've got a um, couple, couple little ones that, um, you know, brings in a whole lot of issues into a marriage. Have you seen issues with that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, one, you know, I have a 16 month year old and man, like he, he, we thought our daughter was busy. You know, he is, I, we went down, we live in a two story house and we went downstairs with my, my daughter was upstairs and we were downstairs for no joke, not even three minutes talking my wife and I over this, you know, what's going, well, how we're going to do this. He had every single drawer in the kitchen open. He had he had the the hallway closet. He had everything ripped out of the hallway closet. He had he, he made it to the bathroom, had everything ripped out of every cupboard in the bathroom. And then we found him laughing and jumping on our bed. <laughs> like like it, it was just it's just crazy. But no, um, you know, my wife and I we, we do do a really good job time good, you know, time. Um, you know, serving in our church, but we also do a really good job of having date night, um, you know, once a week, but the last three weeks have been really hard because we haven't, we've been snowed in and, and it's been, you know, rough, um, with these cold weathers and floods, but, um, but we, we make a priority to, um, at least have four hours a week of just alone time, um, but then also we, we, we have, uh, you know, there's things that I have to give up, you know, like, you know, maybe I can't play basketball in basketball league, you know, right now, um, you know, like I would normally do because I want to spend more time with my family and, um, you know, that 
those are things that are important. Um, I think as like when you're, when you're like raising, you know, a Christian family, like, you know, we, we, we found ourselves, um, you know, during COVID, you know, not eating at the dinner table. Right. And I have no idea why, like why we no longer eat. Well, I actually we moved into a new house. I think that's why, but we always ate at a dinner table. And then, you know, when COVID hit, we would, you know, just eat in the living room or, you know, just kind of eat. I'd eat in my downstairs office, you know, sometimes. And so we weren't, we weren't sitting at the table and, um, you know, sitting, sitting down, like, you know, seeing my 16 month year old, you know, know what it means to fold, fold your hands, you know, having, you know, my daughter, you know, she's, she's now in pre-K in a Christian school and, um, being able to, you know, know that, you know, if I ask her who, who her father is, she'll say, you know, Jesus Christ, you know, um, that's what, like she, she talks about, she knew, you know, like what Christmas was, it was, it was baby Jesus's birthday and she gets it. You know what I mean? And I just, I just look at it as, man, that, that's pretty, that's pretty awesome. And, mm. um, uh, but yeah, the little kids in the house, it's, it's tough. Um, it, it is tough. Um, but you got, you got to be disciplined. Um, and the other thing too, is like, you know, pray every night with your family. And if you got like right now, if you are struggling with your family, um, like with your, your marriage, um, I say, um, I, there's, there's no one that I will love my wife more than I ever love my children. And some, some guys just think that's so weird, but you know, I have a, a vow and a commitment to my wife, a covenant right. with my wife. And, um, I always call my kids third class citizens. You know, they're they're third class citizens in my home. It's, 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 it's Jesus, my wife, and then my children. So they get third class. Yeah. So I think if in order to get your house together, Mm -hmm. you know, like one go when my wife and I have a problem, we go and talk with our pastor, right? You know, whether it be a family problem or anything like, you know, between us, like we're having like a serious, like, like there's a serious problem. We go and talk to our pastor. And I know like some guys are like, whoa, like I don't want that dude lean into your pastor. That's what he's there for. You know, he's he's like it's it's important. It's right. really important. And um, even if you like, you know, take that time. I hear guys all the time. I don't got enough money to, you know, spend. Dude, I'll tell you what, when when you're 50 or 40 or 30 and you get served divorce court papers, you're going to wish that you had a lot more. You took that time to spend money on a child care and, you know, um, you know, yeah, basically exactly. spending time with your wife. Yeah, you got because men do need to make sure that they do that. You know, I, I've seen that through all the conferences that I've done throughout the years that, you know, guys don't even know what a date night is. Um, you know, I mean, it could be. It yeah. could be so much. It could be so much. Like it's. It doesn't have to. It's not extraordinary. Like no, my you, wife and I. You don't spend can, a ton of money at all. We just go on walks sometimes. Right. Sometimes we'll just go walk around the block, and we'll. I mean, we our kids are young. We still have to pay for someone to sit them. Right. Or we get. Or we get Nana. You know, yeah. <laughs> like you if, exactly. if we're broke, we're, we we get Nana. Money tight. <laughs> we're we're over our budget. We get Nana. There you uh, go. But, but um. Yeah, I mean, start start there. You know, 
That's Especially good. if you got little kids, because things get crazy. You know, I coming from the fitness world, I always heard people like like being their excuse. Hey, you know, I'm so bit like I got kids. You don't understand, dude. I I get it. Right. <laughs> I understand right. now. You know, you know, it's funny. So, people but, always people always say, "Well, I I don't I don't have enough time," and I'm like, "All right, so I'm nah. the last person you need to tell that to because." Uh, not only am I a full-time pastor, I also have a part-time construction business. I've got a full-time men's ministry, a full-time wife, a full-time kid, like four kids. And um, I don't think anybody's as busy as I am. So you can't give me that excuse because we still do it. My uh, new favorite thing yeah. to do is to uh, just breeze over it. I don't have enough time. Oh, man, right. I get it. And then about two minutes later in the conversation, ask them what their favorite TV show is. Oh, there you they'll go. Tell you right, yeah, they'll That's tell good. you right away. And <laughs> you say, hey, well, hold on. You're watching TV. Yeah. thought you didn't have any time. Right, exactly. Yeah, I, it, it wouldn't take me r- really long to figure out where my time is wasted. Uh, oh, yeah. We're all guilty. I, I, th- I think it's probably this right here is my uh, my phone. Um, matter of fact, let's see. I'm a I'm a man. I'm gonna ask for some accountability. I guess I'm gonna look at my phone. I hope my wife's not listening tonight. Um, so just today, yeah. The, yeah. A big thing for me too. Like I got. Um, I used to be huge on social media, right? Um, and I actually ended up. I had like over. I don't oh, even man. know how many friends. And followers, but um, after my son, I deleted my social media, and um, now I, now I don't have it on my phone. Yeah, that's like, smart. I literally, I literally just log in and I check. Mm-hmm. It. The only thing I really post into is uh, the Man Up group. Right. So like I, I I got messages too in my messages box. Like sorry, I haven't, uh, I haven't responded to you. But so my wife but just, just posting the man up good. Yeah, my wife just texted and said I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> so what was that screen time? Yeah, uh, yeah, like six hours. Yeah, so my screen time for last week was six hours and seven minutes. Average. Those are rookie Aver- numbers, bro. That's average. Is that rookie? <laughs> is that rookie? I'm on a I'm on a social media fast right now. We're doing through our church, uh-huh. and so the the app is currently not logged in. Like a drug addict, I will Seriously. find myself staring at the login screen and not know how I got there. Holy cow! I've hid the app on my phone. <laughs> I probably show up. It pops up about fifteen, and take. I'm with you. I got tons yeah. of followers. That's how I communicate to people. And man, it's bad. So I have so. If you're listening and you're you're following us, take a picture of your screen time and post it on the uh, the Man Up God's Way site or our personal site. But uh, if you want to, maybe let's try. Here's another accountability that we can help each other with. Literally, my average time and it's up 17 percent from the last week is six hours and 20 minutes. Um, so uh, I had. Uh, what is this? So I had three hours on text. Oh my gosh. Y'all stop texting me so much. <laughs> Facebook. I had two hours and 47 minutes. This is a day. Um, my church app. I had 47 minutes. YouTube 35. I don't even watch YouTube. How did I? Oh, that's my kids. There you go. I'm blaming that on the kids. So I got extra time here. Spotify, 24 minutes. Google, 29 minutes. And it just goes from there. Holy cow. I pick up my phone 154 times a day. So 
like if it's in my pocket or laying mm. on thing, I pick it up 154 times. 206 times. Seriously? 200 because of work. Because uh, yeah, exactly. All the time. Sure. For the uh-huh. week, I was five hours and 23 minutes. Whatever. What was yours? And that 260? was 206 pickups. Pick a day. A day, yeah. That's yeah, that's no, pretty high, man. I'm a, you should have bigger arms than that. Yeah, daily <laughs> daily average five hours and twenty three minutes. Yeah, okay. mine's up there six hours. So mine's and not too bad. Minutes, Everybody so. else, let me know what you're doing on uh, online. Post so post post what you got there and uh, ain't pretty. Um, see what it looks like. Mine okay. was up twenty two percent because of so, it's because of the podcast. So so far, the, well, Rusty doesn't. Rusty he wrote on here. He said I win. I only have two hundred sixty three pickups in only three hours and forty five minutes a day. That's because he doesn't return text. Oh, yeah. boom. that is yeah. true. Exactly. I said something to him about that a few weeks back. <laughs> He's been good about it lately, though. Oh, we miss man. you, Rusty. Okay, so so accountability here. We've got to work on our time management uh, to the best of our ability, and um, I got to schedule a date um, this week. Stacy so, and I had date night um, a couple of nights ago. Yeah, that's good. All right, that's good. Good. All right, so time. Yeah, way, way too much. I want my wife to text, uh, not text, but post on online where she is with her device. Because I know she's going to, I'm going to get home. She's like, holy cow, I can't believe you got that much time. Nance is like 33 minutes. No, uh-uh. no, she's, it's funny because uh, she actually has, uh, for the last few months, like she's been majorly addicted to it. And so I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping it's higher than that. So, um, gosh, it's crazy. <laughs> crazy yeah yeah so, she so you can, can justify it so i yeah i totally need to justify yeah. man i can i'm the king of justification <laughs> here's the scary thing for me i'm currently that's in a social media news and media fast i'm still six hours a day i don't even know how i'm pulling that off so do you, but do you make phone calls on your i make uh, yeah i make phone calls texts and yeah. i'm still uh i'm allowing myself podcasts and audiobooks during this time uh when you were talking about you know men who right. have addictive personalities and they just replace one addiction with the other i was joking with my pastor as we were talking about this in our weekly meeting I said man i've just switched out social media for audiobooks and i've already right. busted through like a 14 hour <laughs> audiobook in a week yeah he's like well that's yeah. great i think i, I don't even know what yeah. to say well, it depends that. on what the book is yeah. right yeah exactly. yeah it's very true so imagine okay so let me pull pastor rank on you here um imagine if we spent that time in the word of god no that's the point right that's yeah, the point of the whole is, fast. That is point, yeah. And I'm just replacing it and not We're, getting any yeah. uncomfortable quiet but even, time. <laughs> even for me, like, even I, I took that six hours a day and even added more Bible and more read, you know, even good content reading yeah. than the crap that I do on there. Sunday, I left my phone at Yeah, I had, a, I, I, had a, I had a friend who who um, literally uh, took four four weeks of no phone, no nothing, just his family um, out in Victoria. And, um, man, like, he is – he's just on fire right now. Like, That's now that he's back. Yeah. Like, it was um, – it's pretty cool to – I mean, to be able to see that. But, I mean, I couldn't get hold of him. It was like, mm-hmm. dude, like, I had a, I, I needed him. And, like, there was no way to get hold of him. And wow. But it was, like, good for him. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, he, he, felt, he felt like his family was, you know – deteriorating and um 
I mean, he went pretty extreme, right? But it was, you know what, like. Well, sometimes sometimes you gotta do him. that. You know, the word of God tells you, man, if your left hand causes you to to sin, cut it off. Yeah. If your eyes cause you to sin, cut it out. Like mm-hmm. sometimes you have to go ex- extreme in order to you know deal with it. Especially, especially if God says stop, like then you got to You got to do some extreme stuff because sometimes you know I'm thinking. Yeah, he just said stop for a little bit. You know, I can stop for a couple hours. No, he said stop, like, period. And that's a that's a big big step. Then you were how, gonna say yeah, something. yeah. Well, I left my phone at home the other uh-huh. day uh, when at church, right? And my life didn't end. And other than me worrying about that, I left my phone at home. It really didn't. I got home and guess what? No right. text. Yeah. I'd been at church. All my friends are at church. Yeah. I bet no, it killed no. you that New Year's Eve you left it at my house. And, uh, uh, well, it killed me for, just because I knew what you guys were trying to do. Yeah. We, we put yeah. all kinds of yeah, pictures on that thing. So yeah. <laughs> it was, it was pretty funny. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So, so I'm just uh, like literally imagine sometimes I think of these monks, you know, I read stories about monks that will spend a lifetime literally reading their Bible and abasing themselves and, um, you know, not talking or, you know, they go to major extremes. And I don't know if their life is any, you know, closer or sweeter to God than um, I, I know, you know, Tate, you're right, man. Sometimes when you put that phone down for the last few years, I've gone on a, a hiking trip up to Colorado and we, we hike a, mm-hmm. a 14 er and um, man, I, get, you get sicker than I, I get sick every year and I don't know why I keep going. I, th- I think last year was my yeah, last year. Jody hikes a two and a halfer. Yeah, exactly. Right. I, well, I puke the rest <laughs> of it, but I, I get altitude sickness every single time. But for that four or five days that we're gone, um, I have no cell service. I, you know, I'm, I'm not on Facebook. I'm not, you know, doing anything like I'm not texting everybody. Um, I hate, you know, the only thing I really hate is not being able to get a hold of my wife and my kids. Um, but I'm telling you what, when I start coming down that mountain and I know for almost a week, I haven't been communicating with anybody. The peace that I had going, you know, at the top of that mountain, as I start going down that mountain and I know that I've been enough times now that I know about where that spot is. I start getting a signal. Ding. Ding. ding, You know, I hear the dings and the notifications. There is something in my gut that just starts wrenching. Like I start feeling that, you know, that nauseating pain. I pick up my phone 155 times because I'm I'm thinking that there's something on there that's important, you know, that I've got to see or that, you know. And when I was growing up, we, you know, we, I got on a bicycle. I'd get gone. My parents had no clue where I was. They couldn't track me. They didn't call me. Um, assuming that I got to a friend's house, you know, what? I mean, it's just a weird. We were managed by the streetlights. Yeah, exactly. Then. You're right. Yeah. When the streetlight came on. Yeah. If you weren't home, you were going to hear mom yelling down the street. Exactly. Now, I know Tate is probably in the same age range. I think he is. Are you the saying same, I'm old? Is that what you're yeah, saying? Different yeah. generation, brother. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, but I mean, we didn't have we didn't have that connection. Something that that, and I wonder, you know, how healthy the connection is. Um, right. Something that I've talked about with my friends and and all the above. Because I do this, I have the same practice. I'll go out into the wilderness with my brother and his wrestling team and disconnect and all the above. 
But I think God is in the quiet. There's a really great mm-hmm. verse, and I'm going to butcher it. Uh, I believe, correct me if I'm incorrect, I believe it's Elijah um, is trying to hear God's voice, and there's a mighty earthquake, and it says his, God was not in the earthquake, and there's a big fire and eruption. It, well, he's not in the fire. It was a mighty wind, and he wasn't in the wind. It wasn't until the silence. There wasn't, you know, until there was a whisper, and then God mm, was in the good. silence. You know, that's, that's where good. he lingers. That's where he is. And a lot of times we fill our time, and I'm guilty. I'm preaching to myself right now. We fill our time with noise, mm-hmm. and um, I'm so guilty of this. Well, God's not talking to me. Yeah, well, yeah, man. There's too much noise around you. He is in the quiet. So he's I, in the stillness. I literally just posted this yesterday. Um, noise, and it's the definition of noise. It's a sound, especially one that is loud and unpleasant, pleasant, or that causes disturbance. The noise of the world is deafening and is causing more of a disturbance than it should. Satan's scheme is to cause division and chaos. He does this by trying to block out the voice of God. As long as we allow the noise to enter our minds, we will miss the still, small voice of God. When was the last time that you heard the quietness of God's voice? If you're struggling to hear God, turn off the news, stop worrying about the things you can't control, take a break from social media, stop fighting over the differences, and stop the hate. Start reading your Bible in a quiet place, pray longer than you ever have, love people you disagree with, and share the love of God instead of the hate of an opinion. Satan counterfeits what God creates. Lean into God and hear his voice, not the noise of the world. Strong. Uh, that, that was just yesterday I posted that. So, um, you know, it, it is, it's, it's a noisy world, and we don't take time to, to get away or to uh, fellowship with each other in a quiet way. Uh, it's usually busy. You know, we're, we're in, a, in a rush, and, um, man, Sometimes we miss God together. Like literally, you know, I, I, I say that a lot of times about Sunday morning church, you know, the Holy Spirit is here, but we're always so rushed to, to you know, I, I always say, you know, try to get out to beat the Methodists to the restaurants, you know, um, and we just need to soak in and bask in the glory of the Holy Spirit in every moment that we possibly can so we can hear him speak. And again, you know, the place that he's going to speak the most is the word of God. And if we're spending six hours on our phone and not, you know, 30, 40, 50 minutes in your Bible, then um, it's a scary place. And I've really gotten, and this is a confession too, I've really gotten out of the habit of doing a devotion because I'm doing so much studying. And that's that's not a good place to be either. And, you know, I'm studying for my sermons. I'm studying for school that I'm going to. Um, you know, I'm, I'm studying and I'm reading, but I'm not devoting. I'm not listening to God speak to me. And that's, a, and that's where I spent most of my um, early years just devoting my time to God. So when I went to uh, Colorado to the Wild at Heart Boot Camp, I met a kid there. And he, he had just come back from playing professional basketball overseas. And he was a graduate. He played college basketball at Grand Canyon University. Kid's probably about 25, 26 years old. And um, he sat by me uh, during one of the sessions. And he mm-hmm. real nice kid. And he just started talking to me. 
and he told me about a book that I just bought on audio. I haven't read it yet, so don't go out and buy it until I give at least a review on it. But it's called <laughs> The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Okay. And evidently it is That's a good. huge book inside the Christian college, college student um, to teach them early in life about how to, how to eliminate hurry. Right. And That's so I, I got it because it spoke to me. And I'm going to listen to it, and hopefully I, I pick up some things on it because you guys are exactly right. We get Amen. hurry. We get, you know, what do we always say? Busy. Right. Being Busy. under Satan's joke. Under Satan right? joke. So it is. It's, it's, it's a problem. Amen. That's you know? good stuff. And we have to be more intentional with the things that we do. Yep, exactly. So, Tate, are you guys um, with the, uh, the COVID stuff, Is are the churches still shut down up north? North Northwest, are you guys still shut no. down? No. Okay. No. Yeah, we're. I mean, that was a real struggle. Um, in fact, actually, there was uh, a lawsuit against our governor from a church and uh, our church. I should say, <laughs> wasn't our church, but they they won that. Um, you know, because they wouldn't allow us to worship or go to a place to worship, and uh, and that was a real struggle for me. You know, uh, my church community was really everything but we're we're back um things are going good um obviously you know with this new variance there's you know more more stuff but you know you know there's safety protocols we're not churches in a place you know to judge or talk about your political views i mean or anything like that you're like the covid's a real thing you know i've, yeah. I've had it um and it's, it's not fun and i've i've lost friends to it um but it's a big thing, you know, is we're we're back, we're worshiping, and I see, I see a lot of people, um, you know, still doing doing church online, right? Um, and I, I guess for me, like if if you're doing church online, that's your that's your choice, but please, please, please make sure, like, don't, um, you know, yes, you can be the church. But you need to also do life uh, with other with people. With other people, church. yeah, yeah. We can't yeah. we yeah. can't do this by ourselves or, or alone. And yeah. the church is meant to be a, a place of communion, uh, and communion, communing so together. Exactly. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Well, good. I'm glad. And, um, I I didn't know if you guys were yet or not. I knew that you guys. I thought I didn't know if you guys were just kind of going against the grain or if uh, they had allowed you guys to open back up. So that's good. No, I think our church did a real good job. We followed, uh, we did, I think our, our pastor handled it really well. Um, and he, uh, it, it was tough, right? Like there's a lot of tough, you know, ways, but I honestly, I think our church, our congregation, uh, handled it really, really good, uh, open-minded, uh, prayed about it. And uh, God's just let us, you know, come back and do it, you know, That's do church again. So That's awesome, dude. Well, good. Well, we, um, We've been kind of going through. Uh, we got this. Just depends on the ups and downs of uh, of the the COVID itself. But we've got a, an amazing church. I, I'll never forget. You know, um, when they, you know, we, when it first started, it was kind of one of those things. Like, okay, holy cow! I've never been through a pandemic. So what do we do? <laughs> and uh, you know, going through it, I do. I did realize real quick that um, church church itself man people have to be together no matter no matter what's going on and um you can take 
you can take precautions, you can be safe, uh, you can be smart um, with that and still get together in fellowship. And I think uh, we, we have done a really good job with that and, and trying to keep everybody safe and sound. But man, you could just tell after being, you know, out for, I think we were maybe down six weeks, maybe, maybe, maybe eight. Um, but the moment when we opened up the doors, it was just like hugs and high fives and glad to get togethers and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, you're right. We were made to be together and, um, uh, the church is supposed to be that place. I f- you know, I feel like we, we were blessed. Our church was during that time. Cause I really felt like, uh, without getting into all the details is that God really pruned our church during that time mm-hmm. and it yeah. came back and more vibrant. And yeah. More it was good. Ser- ser- you know, service minded and the average across the United States is right around 35% church loss, uh, for most churches, you know, during COVID they lost about 35% of their members. Um, and you know, what's crazy is new stats that are coming out. It's like a lot of them aren't coming back, you know, and, um, it's, it is crazy. It's good to see a church growing. Um, I Mm -hmm. I love hearing stories of church growing and stuff like that. Our, uh, our men's program is, has grown uh, coming back to church and it's been stronger than strong. And I, we got a lot of good guys that moved from uh, the big city and came out to the country. And um, (laughs) those guys that came, you know, it's kind of funny because me and a couple other guys from the church have just really been praying, you know, uh, you know, our, our men's program was just kind of uh, just sitting at normal. Right. And we just were praying like, Hey, like, you know, we want, we want more. And, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's going good right now. We're getting ready to start some more quads and we got a group called uh, Meg and the guys in that group. I just I really love and appreciate them. That's and awesome. Good them. So I, I need, um, Ben and I, it's, for new year's, we started a, uh, a, I don't know what are we calling a weight biggest, loss man biggest, up biggest loser man up biggest loser program and uh, so uh, we're gonna need you to send I uh, actually just send it to me because Ben doesn't need it um, a good workout program an eating program so I can blow his doors um, not gonna happen yeah it is yeah, okay. I already know you got that in your inbox <laughs> I know it <laughs> <laughs> I know. Shh, don't tell him don't tell him yeah, so we uh, so we started last week, dude, and uh, you know what's crazy is um, so I got really sick in June uh, when I went to uh, the mountain trip. Is the worst trip that I'd been on the whole time. I was sick for four days. I didn't come out of my tent but twice. I didn't eat. I didn't drink, and I was really really sick. You know, and I took my youngest son with me for the first time. I took my older son and my youngest son, my ten year old, and it rained and it was cold and it was miserable. I never forget asking, asking my little man, Paul, I was like, so you're going to go back with me next year. He's like, Nope, I'm done. Thank you very much. But I came down off the mountain and I had lost probably almost eight pounds just from that week of being sick. And so came down, I was two Oh nine, man, I was feeling good. I, you know, I'm five eleven on a good day. If I'm standing up straight, uh, it was 209. I thought, okay, this is my, I'm, I'm headed to the, my fighting yep. weight. I'm getting down to 185, 190. That's going to be my fighting weight. 
and I went the exact opposite way. Like I literally just started gaining weight, and the next thing I know, I'm two twenty. I was two twenty four the week before New Year's, and uh, you, you New Year's Eve, you said, "Hey, let's start this this thing." Um, or you actually we started no, before you that. told me you said hey first night of the podcast we're doing a biggest loser we're okay is that what i okay i couldn't remember self-control it's, so i got down to 220 it, really it's what the we're doing it for us right. but for the ministry it's it's just going to be a picture of accountability mm-hmm. we're going to succeed because we're being <laughs> disciplined yeah exactly to trying to or hold each at other at least account. me and rusty will yeah exactly yeah i know it so anyway we start i'm starting off at 224 um I, I, the, the, the day of the podcast, I, I, I weigh in at two twenty two. Yes. And so I'm feeling, you know, okay, I'm already heading the right direction on the day that we're starting. And then last week, like, it's just been a hell week. This whole, this, this week I had a, my grandmother's funeral. And, uh, so I did my grandma's funeral and it's down in the South. So after the funeral, there's fried chicken, there's seven layer salads, there's, uh, uh, Potato casserole. There's tuna casserole. There's like thank sweet you, potato thank casserole. Thank you, Miss Sandy. That checks <laughs> yeah, in the mail, exactly. and it will not bounce. So, and said, then did you just blame your weight I, on a on region of America? I did. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, he just blamed it on his mom, who just lost her mom. It's yeah. ridiculous. I didn't blame it on my oh, mom. I'm, bl- I'm blaming all those southern <laughs> ladies cooking that good food at the church, and. Uh, so then I had my elders retreat this weekend. I'm just giving you all my excuses. Is that all right? Yeah, Can I do I'm that? Listening. Okay, all right. So um, I had my elders retreat this weekend, and then we go to Old Spaghetti Factory. And I, I kid you not, I got this lasagna, and it looked like it looked like my, the it was the size of my Bible, like literally the size of my Bible is baked lasagna. It was the greatest thing I ever had. Then on top of that, one of my elders brings me a five-pound bag of, um, or a two-pound bag of chocolate-covered peanuts, or peanut M&Ms. So I had to eat those. Well, that's part of your yeah. standard diet. Yeah, diet I know. I, I always, uh, if anybody knows me, and then peanut M&Ms. Sunday, Sunday you walked yeah, you, in. You somebody had, down those peanut M&Ms at uh, the retreat in like two days. Yeah, exactly. So then <laughs> I walk in Sunday, sitting in my office desk. You know, here I am getting ready to work. Ben's got this poop-eating grin. I see it a mile away as soon as I walk in the door. He's got Are this. You not entertained. He's got this grin on his face. And uh, he's like, have you been to your office yet? And I was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) And I go to my office, and there's this plate full of carrot cake, this icing about a half inch thick. He's got it laid out on my table. With a note that says, good luck, bro. Love, Ben. Yeah, he's like, you turd. Yeah, so anyway, I came in two pounds under, uh, even with all that crap. Yeah, so, so Jody weighed originally weighed in at 222 pounds. He yeah. checked in this week at 220. 220, Rust, yeah. Losing 1% of his body fat. That was probably my um, beard. I shaved my beard off, so I probably lost yeah, I think you, yeah, I think you did something this last day or something. Yeah, exactly. Rusty was 215 pounds. He checked in at 211. Now, Rusty's okay. a professional worker out there. Yeah. Okay, Rusty's one of these guys that gets up like four in the morning. I'm I get up at five in the morning. I'm seeing a Facebook post. He's at the gym, yeah. or at least he used to be. <laughs> so Rusty knows what he's doing. The good thing about Rusty is he only weighs 215 pounds, so it's going to be hard for him to right. win unless he gets down to about 170. Right. And then I started out at 245 pounds, and I'm down six pounds mm-hmm. to 239 pounds at two percent. So me and Rusty both 
lost 2% of our body fat. Good job. I do have yes. a question. How long yeah. is this going? Six months. 26 Six months. weeks. Okay, I'm just going to, I mean, it's a long road. <laughs> it's like, this is, I, I'm an ex-wrestler. I'm just telling you. I've been a week before. I've been watching people eat. We'll see. We're going to see where the road right. Yeah, I know. And I keep thinking, like, uh, how many, how many so vacations I'm going to have between now and six months? And, you know, I, I like, hope I don't get depressed and eat. So you know, I've like, done this before. So I, I'm, I'm experienced. In 2013, if Rusty was here, he would have the picture. In 2013, <laughs> right before I met Stacy. I had I at the time I weighed 235 pounds, and at six months I got down to 178. That's eight years ago, and so yeah. I know what to do. I just have yeah. to do it. So I'm 52 now. I used to be able to drop 10 pounds in a week. Like I, I can't even. I might have to have cut off a leg, did you, you know, or something. But did you just poo poo my story? Yeah, no, uh-uh, I'm just saying it doesn't. I'm sounded saying, like you poo pooed. That was ten years ago. Hey, so now, n- nice story, Ben. But that was yeah, eight years ago. You can't. You do can't it do now. that that's again. What I heard. That, well, that's okay. pretty much what I was All saying. Right, that's yeah. what I thought. Exactly. <laughs> that's what I thought. Just wanted to make sure I heard you clearly. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to be able to do no. that. I, I, I got a 178 pounds. Boy, that'd be nice. I, yeah, it would be. Never felt so good. In my Dude, life I haven't weighed. Since basic I haven't weighed 100. 85 since boot camp. Right. That was 1990. I don't know. I haven't weighed 185 since 8th grade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're 6'4", too, dude. So yeah. yeah, when we put you up on the screen, that 70-inch TV was no match for him. He's just a big dude. <laughs> He's a big old boy. Yeah. Yeah. So we're uh, we're going to work, try to work this out, get healthy again. Um, yeah, like Rusty, Rusty not being here tonight kind of messed up. We've got the... We've got the spreadsheet that calculates it all and the Man Up logo around it and stuff like that, but we'll bring that up next week. Yeah, Rusty said he weighed 245 pounds almost a year and a half yes, ago. Yes, he did. So, dang, you're a fat fat kid, aren't you? Wait a minute, I was 245 pounds a week ago. Oh, you're still a fat you kid, though. Going. I was talking. <laughs> I don't understand why people are so mean and to And this, me. just so, like, you know, the listeners are like clear. A ray of sunshine. <laughs> this is not fat shaming at all. This is called... Brotherly love. This is how we encourage. This is how we encourage each other. This is yeah. the only kind of brotherly love yeah. I like, boys. Yeah, it's there's no man be man be stuff here. It's no. you know, rub some dirt on it. You'll be okay. Yeah, yeah. Stacy's involved. Mm-hmm. She's doing it. She's cooking. So I think she's down like four and a half pounds in that's a week. That's awesome. So yeah, that that's my big deal. Is I I just don't want to lose weight to be losing weight. I want. No. I've got to change my lifestyle. That's right. You know, I've got to figure out how. My lifestyle changed. I, you know, we're such a busy family. Uh, we love to eat out. Like I would, I would rather eat out than doing. I, I love getting my family together, sitting around a table, eating out somewhere. You know, financially, it makes no sense to eat out. No. Uh, as big as my family is, you know, I got to be careful because there's six of us now. Seven, um, actually, I lied. Um, my soon-to-be son-in-law is uh, staying in a part of our basement, so. Got my daughter back from school. She's finishing school online, and, you know, they're trying to, you know, save up a little bit for uh, the the big wedding in May. So I've got one getting married, and um, it's expensive for us to go out and eat. So I've got got to change my lifestyle. That's what I've got to do is just figure out how to eat healthy. And I did it for years, Uh, especially when Man Up first started. I was so worried about – you know, the look, um, because I felt that that was a part, and I still feel that it's a part of the discipline part. It's kind of hard to teach discipline, 
you know, read your Bible, pray, repent, have a disciplined life, you know, godly life and not be disciplined, um, with my weight. Yeah. Uh, for, for almost two years I was vegan and all I did was eat if it, you know, if it was green, I ate it pretty much. And then, uh, I went to a conference. It was two years in and, uh, it was a fishing con. It was a fishing tournament, but it was a men's conference with the fishing tournament, Man, I get there the first night. Dinner's there. They've got nothing but pork steaks, fried catfish, hush puppies, French fries, and there wasn't anything green in the whole place. Dude, I fell off the wagon like a crack addict. Like I lit, I hit that pork steak, and then I hit some catfish, and then that next morning I'm eating, you know, omelets and bacon and mm-hmm. everything else. Man, I just fell flat well, on know, my face, and I, it didn't get any better from there. I was reading this week too, and. You know, let's say you're on a, a, the keto diet. Mm-hmm. And so what you're trying to do on that diet is you're trying to keep your carbohydrates at less than right. 50 grams a day. Because at over 50 grams, it kicks your body out of ketosis and you're not burning fat right. like you should be. I started looking up how much carbs are in things. Like a baked potato is 31 carbs. Right. That's that's your whole day. That's your whole day. (laughs) So any any carbs you eat above and beyond fifty, yeah, you know you are you better be working out or all it is is turning the fat. So the I I know the uh, biology of my body. Mm -hmm. It's it's low carb and low sugar except from fruit. If I do that, you got you're going to watch the the weight's going to peel off. Yeah. And and if I don't do that, if I eat the mm-hmm. bread, if I eat the pasta, if I eat the pizza and all that stuff, it's, I'm going to look like I do good. right now, which is not not where not where I want to be. Right, Tate, you've had um, you've owned some. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think you just sold them last year. Some gyms, yeah. And uh, I imagine you saw this quite often with the guys just trying to fight their weight and fight you know fight the fork more than anything. Yeah, I sold a couple of my gyms and then I just I just quit too. I just closed yeah. them because it was just. Um, it just wasn't making sense, right? With the COVID shutdown and all that. Yeah. But um, but you know, yeah. I mean, fitness is a big part of of my life. You know, actually, as we're speaking right now, we're sitting inside my own, you know, home gym. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've heard every story from you know under the book why you why you can't work out or get you know healthy and everything. The other thing too, you guys are all talking about weight, but you gotta think about like your body fat and your inches and all that, right. your muscle tone. Um, you know, some guys, you know, they're like, Oh, like I ran, you know, you know, two miles, but it was like, Well, what kind of you know, you gotta you gotta be building some muscle, right. you know, <clears throat> lifting some weights. And um it it helps out, you know, in the long term. But yeah, the big thing, you know, for me, I uh I like to get 10,000 steps in. Um, I drink a gallon of water um, a day, and it's actually it's. I I, I drink I drink uh, six liters of water a day, wow. um, and yeah, I drink a lot of water. That is not I, easy I, to do. No, it's maybe not, even uh, more than that. I've had two what? two bottles here, and I'm I'm done. I can't yeah. stand I read water. It. I, I read it. I read an article. Yeah. I read an article. I um I, I try to limit my caffeine source. Um I have one black coffee a day and that's at what? that's at four AM in the morning. Yep. Dude, I have three 
I mean, yeah, literally I back to back I to back. And then that. I then I get ready for work and I put a thermos full and I've got a cup that I drink on the way there. So I got my thermos <laughs> literally. And uh, and yeah. then if I can hit a stop and rob on the way home, I usually get a cup of coffee, man. I, I don't know what it is about coffee, but I got to have it. And, and it's not even like I need the buzz or the, the I just like coffee. Yeah. And maybe yeah. maybe I just don't ever let my body, you know, go without coffee long enough to realize um, it is a caffeine a addiction. Caffeine. Yeah. 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 A lot of caffeine. You'd make but a horrible as morning. Far as yeah. food, well, I keep food. saying it's ninety nine percent water, you know. That's 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 right. a lot of water yeah. in the daytime. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it works like that. I'd say food is food for men is definitely the hardest. Yeah. But um what what I've seen over the years uh, of guys that really exceed long term is they they still eat the pizza, they still eat the potatoes, you know, all that, but they keep their body and um, they don't overeat. Right. Yeah. You know, that's good. Um, they have, they, they don't indulge. You yeah. know, they, they listen to themselves that, hey, I am cool. Even though I want that extra wing, I am cool. Right, exactly. And, um, and so I always say, you know, it's good in moderation, you know, um, alcohol, it, it'll kill you. Right? Yep. Like, you know, it's just one of those things. Um, so I had my last yeah. drink, I had my last drink. It was, uh, 2005, maybe 2005 is the last drink I had. I, matter of fact, that's the reason I told you guys the story earlier about losing the company, that was based in Germany, losing the job that was in Germany. Yeah, the German company. The German company Germany. in Germany. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, so that. Back when Jody used to work with Hitler. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, let me tell you how I lost my job. And that's, that's a great <laughs> lead in, dude. <laughs> let me make sure we got time. Okay. I, I literally. This is, is such a funny story. I, so I'm, I'm, God said you got to quit drinking. And, uh, I had just become the youth leader of the church. You know, the, the, the position had gone forever. Nobody filled it. And I thought, well, that's God's, you know, that's God's sign that Jody needs to take over the youth leader position. Yeah, clear, clearly that pastor was being led by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, exactly. Jeez. And uh, I literally had uh, maybe a year and a half under my belt of Christianity. And so uh, I was at a restaurant one day. And it was an outdoor restaurant it's locally here. And had a nice patio and I remember taking my menu and I was hiding my drink, you know, so people wouldn't walk by on the street and see me, you know, drinking and like God tapped me on the shoulder. He's like, dude, if you're going to hide it, just quit. <laughs> and I thought, okay, crap, I, I got to quit. Well, that same week we're getting ready to have a national managers meeting for the company I'm working at in uh, Frederick Fredericksburg, Virginia. And all week long, I'm getting phone calls from all the guys. Jody, you're going to be there, man. We're going to have the greatest time ever. And just want to make sure you're going to be there. We're going to start partying and have a great time. And I thought, oh, I'm not. Yeah, I, I, I've got I've got it in my mind. I'm quitting. I'm not going to do it ever again. And, uh, you know, God's really working on me. And nobody knows I'm a Christian in my company yet. So I, I got to, you know, I got to set the example and. I kid you not, dude, I get off the plane in Virginia and within 15 minutes I had a beer in my hand and by the end of the night I was so drunk that I couldn't even like stand up. I'm puking my guts up later on that day. The next morning the, the, the guys picked me up 
and they're like, oh my gosh, I, you, you were crazy last night. And I was like, well, what happened? And I don't remember what happened. And so Germany and the Americans were playing on soccer, playing soccer that night. And, uh, the Germans won. And I thought, you know, I don't, I don't even remember saying this, but everybody, you know, all the, the guys from the German part of the company were all screaming and yelling. And, uh, I, somebody said that I screamed really loud in the middle of the restaurant of whatever. And I said, who cares? We kicked your butts in Germany or something like that. And, <laughs> you know, we kicked your, no, I, no, I said, we kicked your butts in world war two and we kick Hitler. And like, it was just like this whole, just, it just got worse and worse and worse. And so the next morning we're having a con in our conference room with this massive conference room, this big table. I literally am falling asleep at like I'm nodding off and I'm catching flies, my mouth's wide open. And I wake up one time and the president of the company has his hands on my shoulder. He's like reaching over the chair, got, he's like trying to, you know, wake me up and move me. And so anyway, to make a long story longer, I get back home on Monday, um, Monday and Monday night, I get a text from my manager and he's like, Hey, can we meet for breakfast tomorrow morning? And I was like, Oh crap. So, I met him for the old famed breakfast meeting and they fired me right then and there. So that was, that was the last time I ever drank. It was in 2005. So that'll scare you straight. Bro. Yeah, it scared, yeah, it did. Exactly. I just realized how, how uh, I couldn't handle alcohol number one. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it was just, just too bad. So yeah. I don't have, I don't have, you know, a beer gut. I, and let me rephrase that. I have a beer gut, but I don't have beer to blame for it, if that makes sense. So I think uh, the silver lining in that entire story, if I can speak for the room, is mm. that you told them what was what about World War II. I did, man. I let them know who yeah, I, I let them know who won that war right there. <laughs> yeah, but it sure did. It lost my job right then and there. But you know, I I started following the plan of God after that. I didn't take a drink from then on out and uh you know, God has blessed me because of it. So it's been crazy. Well, Tate, man, it has been awesome uh, to have you. I am so looking forward to uh, our partnership in the future of what God's uh, got planned for uh, Man Up God's Way and Kingsman and, you know, the, the help that I know that we can give uh, Christian men uh, and men who don't know Christ yet uh, is really where we're, we're geared towards. Just try to get the the lukewarm Christian man to, to man up God's way and uh, to bring them to a place to where they have a great relationship with Jesus, an amazing marriage, and uh, they become godly fathers and that they're learning to serve in church and, and that they are, are the bright and shiny light onto the world and that they do that reciprocally that they're making disciples. And that's really what we're looking forward to. So man, I'm looking forward to what God's got in store for us and can't wait to do the conference up in Seattle. So. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's been great. I mean, I, you know, I'm excited. I'm really excited for all of this. You know, like I said, God's been working miracles, you know, ever since uh, we met and it's, it's been a lot of fun. And to anyone too, that, you know, wants to reach out or talk or anything, you know, go to the man up uh, God's way community, uh, post it in the thread there. Um, I, I don't, I don't check my social media messages. Um, post it in that. I post in there. Um, and ask questions, connect, uh, let's get to know each other. Uh, we're here for you guys. Amen. You know? so, so, so I did get a text from Judd earlier. Um, Judd said that, uh, he was sorry that he was such a bad, uh, cornhole player and that 
he let he let you guys or he let me win is what he said. So uh, he just wanted to let you know. So uh, anyway, but well, brother, I thank you for your time, uh, Ben. It's been awesome again. Yeah, I thank you awesome. so much. Hey, thanks uh, for coming or thanks for uh, calling in. Can't wait to see you again. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, I can't. I can't wait to go out to the Midwest again. It was a lot of fun. Awesome. Uh, you know, everyone was like, "Why are you going out there?" <laughs> well, that's what like, they say. Yeah. Some really, there's some really good guys out there that I've met. <laughs> yeah, that's what they say about us talking about going to Seattle. Why would you go up there? So, yeah, yeah, we're not in Seattle. We're outside Seattle. Yeah, I know it. I'm excited to to make a trip up there. That's going to be fun. So, all right, Seattle's like its own its own country. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is. All right, brothers. Well, Samuel, thank you, buddy, for, again, being in the background and uh, helping us out there. Again, every Monday night, 8 o'clock, the Man Up Monday uh, podcast. And uh, you can also check us out on any of your your favorite uh, podcast uh, apps and uh, formats. Uh, Probably in a couple hours, you'll be able to check those out and listen to them, download them anytime. Please share our page. Please share our podcast with anybody that you know. And we thank you so much. God bless and have a great night. Later, fellas. You've been listening to the Man Up God's Way podcast. Visit us on Facebook, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, and our website at manupgodsway.org.